Welcome to the After Dark's version of uh, Field of 12 College Football. George Whitfield, surrounded by the best crew you're going to find on any podcast or show anywhere, talking college football. Prodigal son of Oklahoma and Texas A&M, Trevor Knight. Favorite son of We Are Penn State and the Baylor Bear himself, Bryce Petty. Fellas, let's roll on into it. We're already watching... We are now in playoff mode. It's playoff mode. So we're already watching, just like the fans out there, Oregon and Washington. Oregon is trying to take care of business. They just about have it done, but they still have a long road ahead of them. Bryce Petty, are you impressed? Slash, do you see a path for the Oregon Ducks to make it on into the playoff? I mean, shit, they're already, yeah, they're, already, they're number four right now, and we just had uh, Michigan State lose today, right? Um, Oregon kind of controls their own destiny, I think. Uh, you know, the Pac-12 North, they've got really Washington State, Washington State and Oregon State coming up, uh, as well as Utah. Um, they went out those games. It's pretty much Pac-12 as a lock, and because the committee already sees them as one of the top four to make it in, I think that they uh, – they have what it takes. So, and it's not, you know, look, there, there is a rivalry, I think with, with Washington, but um, you know, rainy game, get it done, just get on the next game. And uh, I, I think they're in easy. Christian Hackenberg is Oregon. One of the four best teams. So say they win it out and all this, everybody that's in contention runs out the rest of the season, say the top eight teams from wherever they are, run it out. And obviously I don't think that's like even possible with Oklahoma, yeah, Georgia, et cetera. If Oregon runs, runs their table, is their body of work strong enough to make a claim for one of those four spots? You know, I don't think that it, it, it is, or it's going to be just due to the fact of what you just mentioned that a lot of these teams still have some pretty marquee games and some, some statement games and the ability to play themselves in. I think Oregon's play themselves in ability has kind of tapped out. So the only thing they can do is take care of what they have control over. And that's winning, uh, winning the PAC 12 and, and, and finishing the season strong and, and seeing, seeing how the committee views that. Um, but when you who, look who at do you it, have, who do you have jumping them? Well, can you just, can you, can you hold your, Hold your trigger finger discipline mm. and wait till mm. the end of this. Yeah. I mean, gosh, dude. Who you have jumping them? Friggin' Bryce. Damn. Yeah, I agree. Leave, 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 leave your emotion to the damn door. Wyatt Earp down there. Um, I, I, wait, wait, heck, wait. What I was going to get at? What I was going to get? I'm not going to go into it, George. Trust me, I'm okay. not going to go into it. <laughs> okay. But I'm, okay. but, but I'm going to save that. But what I am going to say is, is um, Wyatt Earp. Yeah, dude. Um, what I am going to say is, is you have you have Georgia and Alabama. Are, are inevitably going to play each other as long as nothing crazy happens in the SEC championship game. I think that plays an interesting role in how things work. And again, we'll get into that. And then when you look at Michigan, Ohio State, they still play each other. Both of them, well, no, Ohio State still has Michigan State. Uh, Michigan still has Penn State. Um, so there's a lot of things that go into it. Obviously, Michigan State losing today doesn't help them. Uh, a whole lot but um yeah I think that I, my, my my point being is I don't think Oregon has uh 
has anything that's going to make or break them. They have to finish out strong, and then we'll see what happens with everybody else in terms of their ability to, to make their case. They have stronger opportunities ahead of them. Uh, Trevor Knight, the Ducks, if the Ducks run it from here with a win at Ohio State, I don't know if there's a bigger win so far this season. And the Cincinnati Bearcats run it out. Because, I mean, the game's the game. They're, they're going to wrap this up. Solid game. No drama. If you're a committee member, how do you look at that? The Bearcats undefeated versus the Ducks. The Ducks fell off the track one weekend versus Stanford, who got blown out today versus Utah 52-7. to But if you weigh the two, Oregon's played more heavyweights than Cincinnati has played. But Cincinnati is the one that's undefeated. How do you do all that math? I think there's a lot to still unfold. Um, that, that The part that scares me about Oregon is that on this show, and I think everybody in the country wrote off the Pac-12, right? I mean, there's no way anybody from the Pac-12 gets in. Yeah, Oregon's a good team, but they had that horrific loss to Stanford. Let's forget about the Pac-12 and move on to the conferences that really matter. And then, boom, first playoff ranking comes out. And Oregon gets the respect at number four. Now, because they will run the table, I, I, I believe, right? I think we all agree there. Now you've got to demote them from the top four. And that's going to be hard to swallow for those prideful committee members that we don't know, right? Who, who are those people? Nobody knows who they are, if they ever even played football. But they're going to have to swallow their pride. That being said, while Oregon's out on the West Coast playing after dark and you know, winning their games, they're not going to be winning any big games. Some of these other teams will be winning marquee games that it, on these backloaded schedules, and I think it poses an opportunity for them to jump. Cincinnati didn't help themselves out today, um, struggling over Tulsa. So I, I don't personally think Cincinnati's going to get in there, um, it, it, even as an undefeated team. Um, there's going to be other teams coming from the back with those marquee wins in the back half of this schedule. I agree. Uh, to me, it, and it, I don't know, I can't even like reconcile how I feel, how this, how it's all set up. Cincinnati has to go play ball. They're going to get people's best shot. They won today, but it felt like a loss. They're in there, all the drama in the world fighting to keep Tulane on a fourth down in the red zone out of the end zone. They do it, but it still feels like a loss because it feels like they have to knock out everybody by 30 going down the road. We're going to circle back on this, um, obviously, because we're going to be playoff heavy tonight. Everything is starting to kind of at least point. Everything is like pointing in a direction. We're going to try and get all this stuff in the same direction. But first, Welcome again to the field of 12. George Whitfield was the three best quarterbacks you're going to find anywhere talking about any type of ball. If you're at the tailgate, if you're at your girl's place, if it's ladies night, if you got your crew there, grab something cold to sip on. Join us right now because we're going to go into our favorite uh, ritual, which is the toast of the week or Bryce. What's it called? If we don't toast, we do what? A toss. Toss of the week. Ironically, we haven't had one of those yet, I don't think. We're going to start with Bryce Petty since he ironed me out on that. Bryce, you're toasted. Wait, no, 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 no. First, 
our universal toast of the week, Godfather mm. of college football. We saw you, sir, in Cincinnati, Uni University of Cincinnati today. Don the Bearcat. Who knows how many hats that is for you. Coach Lee Corso, we love and respect you, sir. Godfather of college that? football. That's their first toast. Grace mm. Petty. Now Wyatt Earp can take it away. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I've got so many things to say on this Oregon thing, just, just so you guys know. But um, I, I how do you not say Jeff Brown? I mean, in terms of head coaches, beware if you're a top five team. Um, mm. they, they will dethrone you <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and do it kindly. Uh, so, so Jeff Brom, um, hell, man, you got two games, uh, on your belt this season that knocking off top five teams is tough to do. Um, mm -hmm. hats off to you. Coach Brown. Trevor Knight. I will keep it in the same family today in honor of that big win. Um, Purdue over Michigan State. Take it a little around a roundabout way to my man Drew Brees, the former Boilermaker. Watching this guy getting paid by NBC in his first year out. First of all, hats off to you for making the smooth transition. Mm. But I'll give you a toast. But my man needs to work on his skills a little bit. He looks a little a little shaky up there on stage. But shout out to uh, to him and his Boilermaker family for a big day. So wait, is this is that a toast? is that a toast or a toss? It's a it's a it's maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> is it is it it's a toast because there's respect because it's Drew Brees, but it's really a toss. But if it was anybody else, it'd be a toss. Yeah, exactly. yeah okay. All right, so be it. That makes sense. Shout out to the Hall of Famer, Mr. Brees. I mean, sort of. Christian Hackenberg. Well, now I feel bad for this, but I mean, I do want to shout out this kid because um, he did show up the, both of the big games um, that Purdue has been able to pull off. And it's their their trigger man, Aiden O'Connell. Kid was a walk on. I think he's got a hell of a story. Goes out today and just casually goes 40 for 54 for th five, five thirty six and three touchdowns. No interceptions. Played a real clean game. Um, kid can spin it. Keep it up. And here's to Aiden O'Connell, trigger hey. man of the Purdue Boilermakers. Trigger happy. Trigger happy. Trigger happy, but he connected. And my toast is to the White Walkers of Athens, Georgia. Once again, <laughs> against SEC competition, Jeez. four quarters, they allow six points. UGA. Kirby Smart, I hope it ends regular season for that entire defensive unit and their staff to be in New York, an unprecedented set of circumstances for an unprecedented unit in college football. The White Walkers, the Bulldogs, yeah, we're with you. All right, let's start jogging. Let's start jogging. Again, we're, we are so happy that you guys are with us. If you have questions, we had a lot of questions last week. We're excited about them. If you have questions, buzz us up. You can go to Twitter, the field of 12. Uh, send them to any of the guys, Trevor, Bryce, Christian, myself. We'll get those questions. Dagan, our producer, will run it across our screen. I'll spit it back out to you and you'll get your question answered. We'll get rolling. 
Let's go to the biggest game of the day, really the biggest sound of the day, a huge thud in the Midwest. Once again, once again, the giant killers come up out of their cave and got one. Michigan State Spartans go down to Purdue, and it wasn't even close. No smoke and mirrors, no 80-yard field goal with time expanding. I mean, like expiring. They knock out the Spartans. And Michigan State's basically out right now. So, our resident Big Ten expert, Christian Hackenberg, you're looking right there. There we go. This is yeah, kind of what we expected, but kind of not what we expected. We expected Titans to knock out Titans, not middleweights to knock out Titans. But again, Purdue has this knack. Yeah, it's... Uh... Dagan, can you throw, go back man. up with the stats, Dagan? Go ahead, Hack. So, so the crazy part is, I mean, Michigan State still went for damn near 500 yards total offense today. Um, they were 6-13 on third down, which is pretty acceptable. Um, but they did lose a fumble, and they did throw an interception. Ultimately, in those types of games, uh, Purdue came out, didn't hurt themselves. They did have one fumble, but didn't hurt themselves as much as Michigan State. Um, and like you said, George, I mean, they they pretty much walked into that game and and played with them blow for blow, slug for slug. It, they did have one trick play, which was pretty sweet. But um, other than that, I mean, they, they really just played clean football and operated and executed. For Michigan State, you know, it's a little bit of a letdown. But that's that's one of the things that watching them, you, you did see uh, defensively, even watching the Michigan game, they're, they're super aggressive on defense. I mean, they, they really don't um, not necessarily super sound. A lot of times they'll, they'll send the house play that uh, three deep two under coverage, hope they hit home. And if, if you as an offense can, can get the ball out in those situations and get the ball in space and capitalize on that, it, it leaves yourself vulnerable from a defensive standpoint. So um I think Michigan State played on par offensively. Like I said, I don't think it was a, a letdown. Anytime you put up 500 yards, you you feel pretty good about yourselves. But um, I think defensively, they just they shot their shot and Purdue capitalized where teams in the past haven't been able to capitalize, and it ultimately caught up to them. I don't think it's a one of those things where Michigan State needs to go back to the drawing board and, and reconfigure. It's just that type of thought process. Um, that type of thought process caught up to them and it, it was what it was. So um, again, hats off to Purdue. You can't, you can't take any of the credit away, but for Michigan state, there's still ball in front of them. And I just hope they keep their heads down and keep, keep chopping wood because there are some opportunities coming down the pipe for them. Oh, no doubt. Oh, our producer Dagan Hughes just came up with a, just sent over a question from our man, Randy in Tampa. This one is for Trevor Knight. Michigan State plays Maryland, Ohio State, Penn State in the next three weeks. Randy from Tampa wants to know, Trevor, if they run the table, are they still a heavyweight in the Final Four? Not at this point. I mean, absolutely not, right? Um, if if it, It's tough to say if they are going to come out and, and be a heavyweight with a loss like this. Yes, Purdue's the giant killer, but I think there's other teams, like I mentioned before, that are going to come out of the back 
um, and, and just have better, better marquee wins. Right. Um, it, it'll, it'll certainly be in the conversation. I'd love to hear hacks thoughts on that. I know he's shaking in his yeah. boots over there, but, uh, it, that's just, that's the, what my gut feeling right now, as we go into this final stretch, it's just more and more of the argument. It's more and more of the argument as to why this whole thing needs to get expanded. And I think it'd be good for college football. It'd be good for teams like this because on any Saturday, someone can slip up, right? There's going to be a few teams who do their thing, but it puts people in really tough situations when it comes to who they're inserting. Let's let the kids play it out. Let's, let's see, let's put the best 12 teams out there, which gives a lot of representation, whether it be conference champion, non-conference champion, the two best teams from the power fives, and then throw in two wild cards and let the guys play it out. I think it'd be great for the fans. I think it'd be great um, when it comes to being able to fulfill those Cinderella stories and no one is sitting there at the end of the season with those what ifs. Mm -hmm. If you're not a top 12 team, I think that's enough. Um, and you, ha you, you have to swallow that pill. But if you're in there, you at least have a chance to play it out and, and see what happens. And I think that it, it, the sport needs it and the people need it, in my opinion. I agree. Bryce Petty, can you – like a lot of attention, and I, I just did it here on our own run here, like sometimes the, the headliner losing is the headline, and it, you know, it shouldn't always be like that. Michigan State lost tonight because Purdue knocked them out, and this is the second top five team Purdue has knocked out. Like can you take the people at home – inside the Purdue program and what kind of culture, what kind of connectivity and, and what kind of fire they must be rolling on right now to get up for these monster games. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, interestingly enough, I think, I think there's just teams that really do rise to the occasion. I think there's teams that love to have big games um, away locker rooms, home locker rooms. It doesn't really matter. Um, that they just wake up with a little bit more juice than when they're just playing, you know, a, a, a you know, smaller division one, a team that they can beat, you know, kind of handily and should be. Um, I think Purdue and, and what Jeff Brom has done over the last couple of years there has kind of presented this culture of, of, of allowing these guys to rise to the occasion. And, and to be totally honest with you, I'd love to go, you know, on a Tuesday, Wednesday practice, um, you know, to Indiana and see these guys on a week where, you know, they got a top five matchup or a top 10 matchup because, you know, and as we've talked about it and, and Hacks mentioned before, you know, the Big Ten, man, is is not um, uh, a cupcake lead by any means. Um, and I, th I think we've seen that week in a week out. And so Purdue, um, again, kind of in the West behind uh, Wisconsin, behind Minnesota, they keep they, they just they do enough. Um, to just continue to have their name in the mix. And, and I think, again, um, that's kind of top down. That's the culture top down when you get forgotten about. Um, it takes games like this to get you back on the national scene. And I think they just love to be there. I love it. So we have some upheaval in the Big Ten, but we knew it was going to come down like this. We didn't know it was going to come from the giant killers. Let's go uh, a little south now in the SEC. Uh, if the Big Ten had a big surprise today, it was business as usual for the Georgia Bulldogs, a.k.a. the White Walkers. Uh, Trevor Knight, they hold Missouri, a fellow SEC team, to six points over the span of a full game here. 
Stetson Bennett continues to roll continuity. They have two quarterbacks now because JT Daniels is back healthy. Georgia is rolling. What is the biggest takeaway and what is the biggest threat to the Bulldogs going forward? The biggest takeaway is this. Number one, your comment of sending the entire defense for Georgia to New York for the Heisman ceremony continues to sound better and better and better. You don't even have to turn on the TV and you know what you're going to get out of that defense. And that type of confidence, even as a viewer and as a fan, is, is hard to come by. Uh, you, you can plug and play the quarterbacks. We've been talking about that for weeks. We saw both of them play today. They can both move the ball down the field. They, they each had, I think Stetson had two touchdown passes. JT had one. He did have a pick. But plug and play there, if they just run the football and play the de- defense that they're having, not make crucial mistakes, they're going to continue to do what they're going to do. I'm flipping through my calendar right now, and I'm just marking off W's all the way through to that SEC championship game. And that's where we can potentially, and I'm saying that very lightly, potentially have somebody even give Georgia a threat. Uh, Christian Hackenberg, if you are Kirby Smart, when do you have to start thinking about a letdown or when do you start looking ahead at Alabama? Or do you just stay on your course? I hate to say business as usual, but these guys have been yeah. business the whole season long. As, as Kirby Smart, and, and let me just run this past you, Hack. And this mm-hmm. is um, the numbers I'm giving you is what they allowed each week defensively. Clemson, three points. UAB, seven. South Carolina, 13. Vandy, shutout. Arkansas, Shut out. Uh, Auburn, 10. Kentucky, 13. Florida, 7. Missouri, 6. The 13 points they gave up to South Carolina and, and Kentucky is the, is the most points they've given up all year, and they did it twice. And I yeah. bet you they grit their teeth down to, down to sawdust yeah. for doing that. What is the, what is the thinking – if you're Kirby Smart in his office, what is the thinking like going forward? Do you have to protect or do you stay attacking? No, I think they stay aggressive. And I think the, to, to kind of answer that second question that you brought up to Trevor and expand upon it, I, th- I think the only thing that's going to stop Georgia is themselves. And, and it's very rare you get to say that about a college football team in today's world with, with the distribution of talent and how um, – how unpredictable it is when you sit there and like, we're talking like Purdue, you know, they, they go, they beat Iowa and then they get let down by the next week and they get beat by like a Northwestern or whoever the hell it was. But it's a team that based upon how they played, they shouldn't have gotten beat by. And then they come out and they straight up go blow for blow and beat a really, really good Michigan state team. It's like, that's the unpredictability and the variability that you're used to seeing in college football from a week to week basis. Georgia just doesn't do it. I mean, like you said, I think, I think Georgia's given up six touchdowns through 10 weeks in the SEC. I mean, I can't think of another defense that's done that since I've been alive. And that's going back. I mean, like, that's insane, man. Um, And like I said, I think the biggest threat to them is themselves. And for Kirby Smart, I think it would be unwise to to expect anything less, to, to let off the brakes, to look forward, to do anything like that. 
I just try my best as a coach to keep these guys in whatever mindset that they're in because it's, it's unheard of and it's, it's exceptional. Um, and it's for people who love football, it, it's beautiful. And I think they've, they've really found a great, a great system down there. They found a great rhythm and they're staying in it and they're staying in it better than anybody else in the country right now. And hopefully they can carry it out for the next, you know, four four to eight weeks, however long it is, um, until that national championship game, because I think they can really do something super special. Um, so, you know, for me, like I said, I think, I think it's only thing stopping Georgia is going to be Georgia. Uh, oh, that's a cool question here. Thank you, Dagan. Uh, from the Gamma Phi house at the University of Georgia. This one is oh, yeah. from Mr. Baylor. Bryce, yes. I assume that to you, Mr. Baylor. <clears throat> the yeah. Gamify House. Suck it, Trevor. At the University of Georgia. <laughs> they want to know, <laughs> will their Georgia Bulldog defense be in New York? Will their Georgia Bulldog defense be in New York? I, I would love to see it. I, I know that there's never been a unit to ever go to New York. We've seen a couple of defensive guys. Um have the opportunity to go there. But, but again, to y'all's, to y'all's point, what we've done is, and, and what we've seen rather as college football fans is unprecedented. And, and especially in a day and age too, where there's so much, again, just like in the NFL, there's so much um, uh, prowess and, and excitement on the offensive side of the ball to a QB yeah. position. What we just Emphasis. saw last. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. So, so what we are seeing in this day and age, especially like, I mean, we're, we're about to, they, they've already played Arkansas, um, Kendall Bryles, who, who again is that kind of run and shoot offense behind Coach Bryles. We're about to see it uh, playing against uh, Tennessee next week with Hypo and what he's done um, there in that offensive scheme as well. You're, you're seeing, you know, offenses um, that are built to put up points and and do with tempo. So it's not just this kind of three yard cloud of dust to what they're doing. I mean, th- these guys are playing defense at such a high level against a lot of different offensive schemes. Um, and, and man, they just get you off schedule. Um, they make you frustrated They make you turn the football over. They put you, um, you know, especially if you, and if you watch their special teams too, their special teams is really good. I mean, you, you, you're putting guys at, you know, 10, 15 yard line coming out. So, um, I, I think, you know, to the gamma five gamma house, uh, whoever, whoever asked that the gamma five um, house university of Georgia. Sweet. Thank you, Chelsea. You're, Brittany or whoever that was, but um, yeah, I think I think I could see your your dogs being on top at uh, in New York. Yeah. So just to cap this out, and I'm just gonna just this is I'm just gonna jump ball this question. Does Stetson Bennett give these guys the best chance to win it all, or does it not matter? Dagan, can you put up uh, how our man Stetson did tonight? Do you have his, his stats going into Missouri today? There we go. Stetson Bennett. Yeah, I mean, this is this is business as usual. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is you know your shopping list uh, on a on a Tuesday going to Target. I mean, this this is what he does. He he gets the same thing every week. He's gonna do this. Um, I think this is built off their off their defense, but they score points. You know, so I I think that you know what we were talking about the very first week and even in the second week of this show was talking about JT Daniels, but I think that Stetson has done everything that he needs to do to say, Hey man, I, I am the leader of this offense. Um, I continue to put us in good positions. Don't turn the ball over and we keep moving chains. And so I think that's all that matters when you're talking about winning football games, especially behind good defenses. 
And they can run the football too. I mean, right. they, I mean, that's they control the line of scrimmage on both both sides, and that's that's so important. Really, they run the football first, and then those quarterbacks come yeah. in there, and then like, yeah, to your point, hack. Yep. Fellows, so that's the White Walkers, and we know them. I mean, we're talking about unprecedented things, about an entire unit walking into the Heisman Trophy ceremony, taking up the first two rows, having a seat, waiting for their name to be called so 24 hands or 22 hands can hold up a singular trophy. But let's not forget about the Roman Army. Today, University of Alabama took on LSU Great fight. It actually did go 12 rounds, more of an ode to Coach Orgeron and keeping the fight going down there in LSU. Trevor Knight, the Roman Army has been just taking care of business. Not everything has been the sexy two-round blowout like the Bulldogs have been doing, but they, again, take care of business. And look at the young quarterback right there, Bryce Young, again, 300 yards passing, really efficient, keeping these guys on track. Jamison Williams, 10 grabs, buck 60. Like, what, what can we expect from the tide knowing that their train tracks are going to cross across Georgia coming down the path here? I think we're so used uh, to seeing out of Alabama what we're seeing out of Georgia this year. Not to, quite to that level, but you're just kind of used to, hey, show up Saturday, whoever's on the, you know, the other side of the ball from Alabama, they're going to, you know, they're going to run over them. They're going to win. We'll see them in the playoff, just mark it through. And this year you're seeing a Roman army that is taking a few spears over their kind of front line, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. They've got some, they've got they've some blows some. to them. They're getting back up. They're moving forward. They're going to be there in the end but they're a lot more tattered this year. And I don't know if I can pinpoint what it is. Because like you said, you've got a quarterback that's playing really good. You've got a solid defense. You run the ball well. All the things that have made them a great team in the past, it may just just not be to the level that we're used to. That being said, when they meet up in the SEC championship against the White Walkers, they're going to be ready to play. They're going to look in the mirror and they're going to say, we're the White Walkers too. We've run this conference for a long time and we've been here before. And I think that that experience of being there before and overcoming that, winning that football game uh, is going to bode well for a lot of the leaders on that, in that Alabama locker room. So I'm looking forward to that game. I still think Georgia handles it you know, relatively easily. And I know that's crazy to say easily over Alabama, but I think it will be a phenomenal football game to watch. Uh, so let's go off of that right now, Hack. Yeah. Trevor uh, gave that to us. Uh, and curious enough, we have another question coming in from the audience. We love these. Our producer, Dagan, keeps popping these in here. Our man, Clifford, from Milton, Georgia. Hello, Clifford. What's up, man? Glad you're rolling. Clifford wants to know if Bama wins out and knocks out the White Walkers. Are they the number one seed in the whole thing? Uh, I think it depends on how they knock them out. Uh, Based upon how the college football playoff committee has kind of ranked things right now, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, style points. I think there's definitely an element of that in there and feel. Um, I think if they go and they beat them by three, no. 
What um, happens if they beat him by th- if they only beat him by three? Georgia maintains number one. I if, think so, just because of the AM loss. Like if it's 10 7, yeah. it's still Georgia's because they're both I mean, lost teams. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I would think so. Um, but again, I don't get paid to make that decision, and I wouldn't want to be the guy to have to make that decision, quite frankly. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it's 10 7 Bama, I, I, I just don't think, you know, I just don't think that there can be a, it'd be a tough argument, dude. I mean, honestly, that'd be, like I said, that I wouldn't want to be the guy having to make that decision. Bryce Petty, uh, another question. We, we love the questions. Keep the questions coming in here. Uh, the Kelly twins from the University of Alabama. Why isn't Bryce Young talked about more for the Heisman? I'm going to give that to you, Bryce Petty. Yeah, I, I love that. So I, I don't know. Honestly, I, I, I love what he's doing. Um, and he continually or continually does it, uh, you know, week in and week out. And I, and I think especially in a, in a year where you don't really have a guy that's just separating himself like we like we've seen in the past, um, you know, a Kyler or Baker, um, you know, Marcus Mariota uh, back in the day, um, even though he's not Spanish. I don't know why yeah. I had accent to it, but it's fine. <laughs> that's right. um, but look, I mean, I, I think that I think that he deserves to be talked about. I mean, I, I know that we've talked about Kenneth Walker. I know that we've talked about Georgia's defense, which would be awesome if they go. But um, I, I think that he's putting them in, in uh, again, what the Heisman is. And, and if I was a voter, what I would be looking at is, is do they elevate the team? Do they make the team better? Does their performance um, in in certain games and big time situations um result in wins for their team. And I, and I think that um, even when you look at the AM loss, he still played well. Um, when you look at the Florida game where again, they did have some spears thrown at their defense a little bit. He's the one that kept them in the game and actually won that game for him. So. Well, Bryce, to that point, I don't want to mean to cut you off, but I mean, no, today, you did. it's had, fine. Yeah, I know. It's okay though. I, 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 I kept the stick shooter. I went with the, I went with the switchblade. Um <laughs> So uh, they, they netted six yards of rushing today. I don't know, like Alabama netted six, six total rushing yards today um, against an LSU team. So to, to your point, I mean, he basically accounted for 90-some-odd yeah, exactly. percent of yeah. their offense, right? Right, so, right, right. Um, to your point, he's a kid who, as a tr- as a, he's, he is a true freshman, right? Was he an early enrollee true freshman? Yeah, as a kid for a true freshman playing an LSU team with everything that goes into that type of game, and yeah, it was a little bit of a dogfight, but he took the weight of the the weight of the world on his shoulders and and performed tonight. I agree. Uh, thank, thank you. I mean that that was uh, again from the Kelly twins to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I would like to retweet what Hack said just so I have the final words. So thank you, Kelly twins. It's a, it's a wee thing, Bryce. Yeah, the dark show. We think. How about that? Bryce Petty, the Kelly uh-huh, Twins, uh-huh. University of Alabama. Hope you I'm guys crushing are crushing it with these sorority girls tonight. Thank you. That, uh, listen, we're we're expanding. We're expanding. <laughs> I hope you guys are doing great down there on Alabama's uh, campus, enjoying this late run. We have the Buckeyes, the Bearcats, and Wake Forest. But before we move on, I want to tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up, 
with Bet Rivers yet. Now is the time because they are offering a two hundred and fifty dollar match bonus for your first deposit. But that sets. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your wins is safer, more secure, and more reliable than ever before. With football season kicking off, get into the action, just like these guys, by going with BetRivers.com today. By downloading BetRivers iOS app, you must be 21 years old or older. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Fellas, there are a few more problems going on in college football. Let's start uh, in our best of the rest right now with what happened down in Carolina. Wake Forest, granted, Cinderella. I didn't think it struck 12 this early. I thought they had a little bit more time. It crashed tonight. They got into a shootout with our man Sam Howell, Trevor Knight. How big of a win is this for the Tar Heels or how how big of a, of a shot in the heart is this for the ACC? Because effectively, the ACC is dead now. We talked last week about Wake Forest, of all people, coming out of the ACC and potentially having a chance not even to have an argument, but to say, hey, I'm a conference champion, look at me, and at least draw a little attention. To your point, it's gone now. I picked UNC at the beginning of the year of a, as a team that, were, that was going to overperform. They haven't done that, but they do have a, a couple great tools in their tool chest. I think Sam Howell's a great player. He played okay today. It wasn't anything crazy. But Ty Chandler went off today mm-hmm. running the football. Mm-hmm. Dude mm-hmm. had four touchdowns, over 200 yards on 22 carries. Um, he was just toting the rock, and he was the, the horse in the stable today that allowed them to get a huge win at home uh, over a top-10 team. Again, bat your eyes at it. Do whatever you want to do. It's still Wake Forest. They're kind of on this Cinderella path. But they have won a lot of football games up to this point. To take down a top 10 team is, is nothing, uh, nothing to hang your head about. Uh, speaking of hang your head, I think there's going to be some heads semi-hung in Columbus tonight. And I'm going to go with you, Hack. Let's go to Ohio State at Nebraska. You were talking about, aside from, aside from like getting stumped at home by Oregon, Ohio State's probably the hottest team in college football. Here they are on the road against an underwhelming Nebraska team. Like week one, we told Nebraska fans, don't mind the Big Ten championship. If you got something else to do, go do it. Certainly don't mind the college football playoff. Make a watch party at your home. You're not going anywhere. Make a watch party at home. Watch it. And they tangle up the Buckeyes by nine. Hack. Will this affect Ohio State in this beauty pageant? Because that's basically what it is in the in the in this back yeah. street away. Or is it no big deal? Because at the end of the day, it was a W. Yeah, I think the the beauty of it is Ohio State still has uh, still has a few monster matchups towards the Mich- end of the Michigan year. Michigan State, and Michigan, Michigan, and Michigan State. Correct. Mm-hmm. So. Um, for me, that's that's the hard part in watching Nebraska all year. I mean, if you remember, I mean, they played Oklahoma pretty tight. They Nebraska, even under Scott Frost, has never gone out and just got 
completely embarrassed by teams that everybody thought that they were going to go out and get embarrassed by. They beat themselves a lot. It's not a bad football team. Defensively, they got some talent. Offensively, I just think they lack a lot of consistency, especially at the quarterback position. I think Adrian Martinez is a very dynamic football player, but when it comes to being able to execute an offense in a manner that is going to lift them due to their deficiencies of not necessarily being able to go out and pull a bunch of five stars and guys that are going to run by a ton of people. I think Nebraska is in that, in that space now where it's not 1995 in the late nineties anymore. They're, they're not an attractive landing spot for a lot of kids. They're a developmental role that has a ton of funding due to the fact that they have a ton of history and a, a, a massive alumni base that loves to pour money into the football program. So, um, for me, like I said, it's it's a win. I think Ohio State still has a lot of great opportunities ahead of them, and I think Nebraska gets a really bad rap, but I think it's a very talented team that never really disappoints on the type of stage when they get these opportunities, but also never finishes it and ends up on the winning side of these things, um, at least under Scott Frost. So um, ultimately, if I'm Ohio State, you know, there's bigger fish to fry coming down the pipe and you got to buckle up for those games, but a win's a win. And I know people in Columbus are going to be upset. That's just how Ohio state is, but they they control their own destiny better than most people like in Oregon, for example, you know, Wyatt down there shooting the trigger. Um, they, they, they have, they have opportunities ahead, ahead of them, unlike Oregon and a few other teams. Speaking of fish to fry, and a win's a win. That's the same bucket Cincinnati's in same boat. Cincinnati's in Bryce Petty, the fighting Bryce Petty's of the University of Cincinnati. The state of Ohio today, both took on lesser challenges and they both basically just like, I don't want to say survived them, but they just outlasted them. It, it wasn't a knockout. It certainly wasn't a knockout. The Bearcats needed a fourth down stop within two minutes of the game to hold off Tulsa. So here we are. And Christian just said it beautifully. It's like Ohio State does have bigger fish to fry. Cincinnati, this may be the biggest catfish they have given SMU. They got catfish, a little trout, a little trout, <laughs> another catfish, a tire. Like, <laughs> they, I know. I, they, they don't, they don't have them. anybody. They don't have anybody. And and what we what we've done for them, or what the committee has done to them, uh, is is put up a really really hard expectation. And and I don't know what a style point is. I don't know if there's actually a definition of what a style point is, other than the fact that what we have put on them is you have to beat people by fifty five points. Um, you know, in, in the world, and, and Trevor and I talk about this on our podcast, especially against, you know, in, in reference to Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma has has done nothing in terms of style points um, to, to really be in a position where they're at. Um, but what the committee showed us this week when they came out with these rankings was, you know, no, Notre Dame at Notre Dame did not matter. A ranked Indiana at Indiana did not matter. Um, so you have to go and, and truly uh, – you know, execute your, your dudes, uh, not only while they're sleeping, but actually while they're looking at you. Um, and that's, that's what's, that's what's tough. Um, they're not only fighting 
uh, you know, the team that's out there playing, they're fighting themselves, they're fighting the committee. I think it's just going to be too much for Cincinnati. And um, the, the, it is still a wee thing, but I think it's a uh, it's it could be a dead thing <laughs> when it comes down the stretch here. So uh, so let's let's go right to that. Let's go right to that. Brace throughout style points. And I'm talking to Bryce, Trevor, Hack. To me, in my opinion, I'm just going to lob it up to you guys. Style points basically mean that I would beat my opponent the way you would beat my opponent. So if I'm Cincinnati and I'm taking on Tulsa, I got to treat Tulsa the way Georgia would, Oregon, Ohio State, Bama, et cetera. If I scrape past, outlast, or get by Tulsa in 12 rounds, the other ones aren't doing that. They're going to knock these dudes out before the first round bell ends. To me, that's style points. Like, I don't know if it's like a magic number, but I have to do these dudes the way the rest of these dudes, like, like sitting in the bullpen would do them. Am I off or am I semi-close? Uh. I mean, I think when you say it, Georgia carves them up, Alabama carves them up, Ohio State carves them up. I think you could even say Michigan State carves them up. Oregon. Yeah, Oregon. I think you can run to the top 12. Yeah, I mean, there's a handful of teams that carve them up. Right. So that's what what I'm saying. It's all relative, right? Because take – okay, so take Alabama, LSU. How many now? And we've talked about you think, this because you we think know Cincinnati that, shows up and plays LSU that time? No. no. So what no, do you think I Cincinnati don't. would do with LSU, Bryce? Um, I think that they have to give them everything they got and and then some. I I, I really do, but uh, again, that's not the point, right? Because the point is that the committee, as poss- probably all four of us, do not see Cincinnati in that top four. But when you start looking at what the top four has done this year. Um, to get in there, you've got, again, an Oregon and an Ohio State with an Alabama. Does If you're just looking at the top four, does Georgia carve up LSU way better than Alabama? Does a Ohio State carve up an LSU way better than Alabama or way they more? Don't have to, but I think, to, I think we should leave Georgia out of any of these arguments. The White Walkers are going to shut these teams out. That's <laughs> the White Walkers. Yeah. We're talking football teams. We ain't talking White Walkers. Which, We're by the way, for everybody walkers. listening, we've already we've already said that, that Georgia has a bye in the playoff. They got the first and the second spot. <laughs> they should have the first and second spot. Yeah. Yeah. But, but to, to Hack's point, Brace, we're talking everybody out of the top four. So you, so you the, really don't hold going the into four. the four. Gotcha. Uh, correct. So you got to get in. You have to show something to get into the club. You got to have an ID who's with you, et cetera, et cetera. I got him, him and him. Like you got to show something to get, if you're in, what's the difference? All yeah. you got to do is maintain. But if I'm Cincinnati, who else? Michigan, et cetera, et cetera. But especially Oklahoma. Cincinnati, yeah. because correct. Yeah. Cincinnati, I mean, they're they're just they're already wearing an eighty pound yeah you know, yeah. yeah yeah they wear a rucker sack yeah <laughs> like like versus and everybody else is getting ready for this track meet you yeah. like Trevor is that fair or is that uh, too much of a high wire actor over the top to look at Cincinnati and say you got to treat Tulsa 
the way everybody else above you would treat Tulsa. No, you, the way that you said that a second ago is comparing yourself to the Georgias and the Alabamas of the world and going to your opponent and, and treating them that way, that is spot on because I hate to say it, but a Cincinnati has to go in there and have those style points to even get a look. The only thing keeping them in the conversation right now is the goose egg in that L column. They are, mm-hmm. The committee is sitting here going, SMU, Please just beat yeah. these guys so we don't yeah. even have to yeah. worry about it. Right. You know? But on I that, mean, on that somebody, point, Trevor, please. too, what's interesting, though, is you had your boys down in, in Norman at number four, and but, the yep. committee saw them the same way, though. Which yep. is interesting, but this is where it's different. Oklahoma plays in a Power Five conference, and I know the Big 12 isn't like the you know anything crazy, but it, it is a Power Five conference, and that holds weight. The, the Cincinnati is ranked above them. Week in and week out is, I know, I get that. I'm just saying from an undefeated standpoint, right, going back to the Cincinnati question, they unfortunately have to beat people bad We've talked about how it's really hard to win in, and, in any league at this. And level, even on right? the argument, though, too, of like what you have left coming down the coming down the the shoot towards the end of the year, that Oklahoma still has Baylor, yeah. mm-hmm. Oklahoma State, right yeah. now. Baylor took a little bit of a blip today, but still, yeah. I mean, you play, still we have, play way better at home too. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But like Oklahoma still has Oklahoma still has opportunities. Whereas Cincinnati just has to go win. That's right. it. And yeah. they, they can't like they, any of these wins heading down the pipe for, for Cincinnati carry no weight. Compared we to we talk else. about, we talk about, you know, the committee and all this stuff, but there's a lot of money talk going on too, right? Like there's, there's money to be made in these playoff games and viewerships, all that stuff. If you're sitting around a table and there's money stakes there, you're going, okay, Cincinnati's undefeated, but they barely beat Tulsa. Do you really think that people are going to watch the second half and all these ads that all these companies are paying for in the second half when they get absolutely curb stopped? Right? I mean, I think there's a lot more variables to it. And I'm probably reading too much into it. But there's probably a lot more variables to it than just what's your win-loss column and how have you looked playing, right? Well, it's like how how well is Cincinnati going to travel? You know, even even to that point, you know what I mean? I mean, how many Cincinnati fans are there out there besides Bryce Petty who's going to buy out a whole block of the Marriott? The whole the suite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah, y- y- y'all roll in with me. I got this. But, but just the market, you know? It's interesting. And to Hack's point, to Hack's point they, I feel like the committee already showed us what they value. They do. They did. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Cincinnati coming in undefeated. The AP poll, coaches poll, they've been riding. They've been sitting up there. They got a nice bump from Notre Dame. The committee gets together. Oh, that's great, Cincinnati. You guys keep up the good work. Seven. So really, tossed. Oklahoma, who's really kind of backed their way into some wins, stole some wins, uh, lucked up on a couple. I don't even know what you call the thing at Kansas that took your freshman quarterback pulling the ball from a tailback in midfield on a fourth down call to get three yards out of his belly. Well, I don't know what you call that, except that they play in the power five and they have a legacy and a tradition in the playoffs. 
versus this Cincinnati team that hasn't lost in two years. This is going to be um, a heck of a run. Let's just go into it. Let's go into it. So initially, uh, the initial college football rankings. Dagan, can you can you give us the, the playoff rankings, the initial, the top, the initial top four rankings? So the white well, we can we can start well we can start here right okay we, we'll start here. we yeah yeah because because uh BYU is going to be tough uh, and this is uh, George you you want to talk about who actually has a chance left or do you just on the just on the initial thought of what these rankings are um yeah. I really I want mean, to talk about the this is the initial rankings. So, so out of this group, let's just say A and M and Oklahoma State are alive, right? right? Out of these guys, out of these guys, those are the two and teams a, alive. And A and M's got a hell of a win, right? I mean, hell you did beat the the Roman Army or whatever that we like to call them. Yeah, um, and they beat they, Auburn they today, did, which is a top fifteen matchup, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And they so and they you still have you're at Ole Miss next week, right? And then you. Yeah, like what we talk about, Prairie View, and, and then at LSU, who showed up to be a pretty decent team. So I, I think they do have a chance if there's some slippage uh, up, up north here that they could they – could, they're not going to make a run to the, to the west, though. That's, that's the thing. They're not, they're not going to jump at, at two losses with, with Mississippi State and, and Arkansas. They're not oh, going to jump who, Alabama. Right. So is it a one-loss A&M, right? It's no, two, two loss. Mississippi State and, and Arkansas. That Mississippi State deal hurt. Yeah, right, it's, 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 yeah, Sugar Bowl. <laughs> so, okay, here, here is where your wedding crashers live right here. Mm-hmm. So Cincinnati, I mean, they can't just kill people. They have to decapitate him. Michigan yeah. has to run the table. Oklahoma. Wakes up out of there. Oklahoma has some real traps in front of them. I mean, I hate to even call them traps. At Baylor. Oklahoma State, Iowa State, all three have the, the firepower. No tricks, no onside kicks. They can all take out Oklahoma. Like, they're just going to watch the Kansas tape. Wake Forest, it was fun. You should take a picture of this. You guys got up to number nine. That's great for you. And Notre Dame, I mean, what do we do with no, Notre Dame? No, no, just keep going. Canada. Oh, so, Canada. <laughs> so, Bryce, Bryce Irish, wants to ship them up. Uh, right. Exports. Yes. Again, yeah. it's a good stat in recruiting because Notre Dame can say once again, we were top 10 in college football. So really, we're talking about six, seven, eight. Are we still talking about seven? Uh, yeah, I mean, you got, you got, you still have Ohio State left to play as as, as Michigan. So, hundred percent. They got Penn, State, Penn State, State. And Penn State, yes. But in terms of in terms of your your the group to knock off the unit to knock off is Ohio State. Yeah. That gets you into the yeah. Big Ten championship. You do that, you're in. So, I think we're hundred percent still talking about Michigan. So, let's just play this right here. Trevor Bryce hat. Michigan runs out. From here, they beat the two teams we just talked about, Penn State, Ohio State. They knock out whoever the West farts out from their side of the deal. Or Oklahoma gets past, gets past, gets past. They they win the next three games by seven because that's basically what they've been doing. I don't even know if the Big 12 has a conference championship. I assume they do. They win that. If there's room for one between these two programs – where does it go? A Big Ten champ with one loss in Michigan 
or a pat or a Big Twelve champ in Oklahoma that's really played C plus football all year, undefeated. I don't. I don't even think it's a question. I, I, I know that that's that's tough being a Big Twelve guy, but I don't even think it's a question. I don't know what you want to say, Trevor. But well, the the only thing is, well, like, wait, it's not a question. Meaning it goes to who, Bryce? It goes to Big Ten. Yeah, yeah. Bigger yeah. win. Yeah, I mean the, the way that you survived Oklahoma, that conference, dude. That's what I'm saying. But the, but the way too, if you're if you're looking at, you've had pretty much three teams all year long in the Big Twelve that have been ranked. You know, Baylor came up. You know, Oklahoma State uh, came up as well. It was really just Oklahoma and Iowa State, um, and and that's what we were talking about. You know, pregame uh, or preseason show was it was Oklahoma or Iowa State. That's going to be you know the 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 battle at the at the very end to determine the Big Twelve championship, and then Oklahoma State and Baylor rose up there. Um, the way that Oklahoma, in, in terms of what you just mentioned, in terms of what a style point is, style points, how do you barely beat, you know, into the fourth quarter a Tulane team? How do you barely beat into the fourth quarter a Nebraska team? How do you barely beat a Kansas team that people are shellacking at Lawrence, at home? I mean, you, you just, when you look at in totality, the season that, that in terms of production that Lincoln Riley and the Oklahoma Sooners have put on the field, you cannot uh, even begin to think that that OU belongs in there outside of what Michigan has to go through at the back end of this season, or Michigan State, or a an Ohio State. Since we're talking about those three, that's that's yeah. my opinion. Go ahead, Trevor. Since your I love your pretty smile is going. The thing is, I don't disagree with you. Yes. But this, if, but I do oh. because. <laughs> <laughs> That's a quote. It's kind of similar time. to his toast. It's similar to his toast. It's, it's similar. Oh, yeah. But listen, I've never heard that right quote now. in my life. He said, oh, I don't disagree with you, but I do. That's a toast. Listen. Hey, you know, hold on real quick, Trevor. You know, I, I know that you're a good arguer with your wife because that's exactly probably what you say to Lacey. It's, I to I don't that. disagree with you, but I do. I'm but I do. Room. I have my ways. I have my ways. Go ahead. You just Trevor. leave her confused. Guys, shit. Oklahoma, Oklahoma has been to the college football playoff multiple times now. This will be, and I'm saying will because I believe it's going to happen, the first time they go to it undefeated. They had Baker. They had Kyler. They never got in as an undefeated team. They always had one loss. Now you're telling me for the first time they had they run too. through the conference undefeated and they're going to get turned down? It's not going to happen. It's an undefeated what? Power 5 conference champion. But look at okay, that. We're, we're talking in. about Big 12. We're talking about Big 12 versus Big 10 here. Correct. Assuming that Oregon gets in because the, the committee, again, has already shown us what they want. So you're telling me – let me ask you this then. How many times has Oklahoma been national championship and how many times has Ohio State been the national championship? I, they are going to pull I, the big I team. get it. All I'm saying is that goose egg has – in the in the L column, has to carry some sort of weight. It doesn't. How do you not – how do you it put doesn't. in a so, Baker and Kyler team and you don't put in this team? Because I'd love to see what they were doing in November, one. And then, two, it is, it is about that momentum going into the years. playoffs. All right. So, so, yeah, then this is, isn't a, so then the argument isn't going to be Big Ten versus Big 12. That's not going to be the argument. Because I think then both of – if Oklahoma's undefeated and a one-loss Big Ten champion, both of them are in, plus Georgia, and then you've got one other spot. 
You're no. saying that the, you're saying you're saying that one of them is going to hop, or both of them are going to hop Oregon that's already in right now. It, it, certainly not. Thing. Certainly not. What, I think the what committee's I, already shown you that they that they, they they like Oregon better than they like. All right. Oklahoma. So oh, so everybody here besides me agrees that if Oklahoma goes undefeated and wins the Big Twelve, they still don't get in. Yeah. Pending if everybody I'll put my, else I'll put my Bet Rivers money on that right now. So be it. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. So, what I, I think the wild card is is Alabama. Do they take a two-loss Alabama if Alabama goes and gets beat by Georgia? Do they take a two-loss Alabama or not? I think that that is ultimately the thing that needs to get decided, and we're not going to find that out for, for another four weeks. Well, let's answer weeks. that question. Let's answer that right now. Texas A&M, do we really look at Oklahoma's schedule and think that Texas A&M couldn't run the table against Tulane. I don't even know who WCU is. Nebraska, West Virginia, Kansas State, Texas, who's just, you know, they're in the spa. TCU, Kansas, Texas Tech, Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Texas A&M, who went toe-to-toe with Bama and led for three of the four quarters and beat him. They couldn't go through Oklahoma's schedule and get him? I think, I think they could. Okay, so now answer that question. So you answer that question. That's I get. That's, I get what you're trying to do here. But George. that's Bama's first loss. <laughs> if Bama loses again, it'll be to the White Walkers. That's two losses. So if the committee looks at their two losses and says, "Okay, put their losses against Oklahoma's schedule," let's just walk through Oklahoma's schedule. Technically, all went. Not technically. Let's just do the respect. They are undefeated. Five points. Five point point differential against Tulane at home. They beat WCU seventy six to nothing. What's WCU stand for, Trevor? No clue. Don't care. We're, we're Chester sauce. <laughs> whatever. Seventy six. So they beat <laughs> Nebraska. They beat Nebraska by seven. They beat West Virginia by three. Kansas State by six. They had to come down from a mile to beat Texas, but they still beat them by seven. They got TCU by 21. They got loose. Big scare at Kansas because they're down in the fourth quarter. And then they then they finally tagged out Texas Tech. Look at all those 12th round split decision nail biting deals. Goose egg in the L column. Goose egg in the L column. The committee's saying the same thing. Please. But, Oklahoma but that's slip true, up but in the I'm next saying, three weeks. Out of the Roman army, and we're already assigning a loss to them to Georgia, just in case. If they lose to Georgia, the two teams that beat them would knock out everybody in Oklahoma's schedule, probably also knock out Oklahoma. But I might be wrong. Hack, Bryce, I don't want to beat up his Sooners, but that's the facts. They lost to the number 14 team, and they may lose to the White Walkers. If they lose to the White Walkers, they probably still have a better claim, except for the column that says two, but that's not your average two. I'm just scared. I'm just scared that what you just said is going to play out, and Notre Dame is going to get in the playoff. Oh, man. <laughs> that's what I'm so scared. I'm so scared <laughs> that Alabama is going to get beat, and that they already like Oregon, and Notre Dame is going to Get in there. I, they, I would. Much I don't think Notre Dame gets. I don't think Notre Dame though gets in over over the That's Big true. Ten. Chat. That's well, or or Cincinnati to to Georgia's point because they they lost to them heads up. So correct. So I don't think we have to worry about the Golden Domers. Trevor, <laughs> what 
what does Oklahoma have to do to keep to keep themselves out of like ironically they're one of three or four programs vying the fourth chair what do they have to do to imprint themselves on the fourth chair at the win out just keep winning winning. winning. they need help though no they simply have to win out they will be one of two power five undefeated conference champions one of two and the other one i think they're gonna have three they to trevor's point they also because i would assume that ohio state gets ranked after this, uh, yeah. maybe maybe not. But they're, they're going to have three ranked teams coming down the stretch. Two solidify. I'm just saying, as it stands right now, they have done and proven nothing. If they go put up 45 against Baylor, 38 against Iowa State, and then go into the Bedlam game and put up, you know, Oklahoma whatever. State's undefeated. 17. They finished their regular season out with a top 10 win. That's it. That, honestly – we're having the same conversation with Oklahoma State, but quickly, hack. If Oklahoma and I already ran down their wins, they beat Mustard State by eight. They beat Barbecue Tech by nine. Right. If they win these last three games, granted, Oklahoma State's respectable. We're going to have the same conversation. We could be talking about them. They're undefeated. Oh, they have a loss. Yeah, they lost. Oh, tonight, tonight. You're right. If they beat these three opponents, though, hack. And it's all single digits. And it looks like the game could have gone either way for 90% of the game until they found a way to get it done or it was given to them. Is undefeated, is that a, is that a universal term? Or do you or, or are there different sides of an undefeated prism in Oklahoma could be on the wrong so, side of? So here's my thing. Because this is what I was getting into earlier when we were talking before we went live. I think there's arguments for the Big Ten and the SEC to have two teams represented based upon the strength of schedule and how well these teams have played. I think this is unlike the previous years, Trevor, that you were talking about with Oklahoma getting in and it would be the first time that they would get in undefeated. I think the landscape of college football has proven – to be stronger in certain areas than others. Whereas I think it was more evenly distributed during these previous times that you were speaking of. I don't want to take away from the power of consistency that Oklahoma has had in terms of being there, being at the door, but they have gotten their teeth kicked in every time they got to the show. Mm -hmm. So I think It's not like a team like Ohio State who has, I think, outside of the SEC, been the only other team to win it in the last eight years, nine years, ten years. Clemson. 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 So Clemson and Ohio State outside of the SEC have been the only two teams to win it. Um, I just feel that I think there's a lot of strength in the SEC and specifically the Big Ten East. I think the ACC doesn't have a player in Clemson anymore, which hurts. So when you don't have that, then by default, the entire ACC is down. So they're playing for the freaking Georgia Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Um, I just think that it's a unique year. I think there's strength in certain areas that there hasn't been so much strength before. And I think – even in undefeated Oklahoma because of the way that they've played, which everyone has touched on and we don't need to continue to beat that dead horse. 
I think this is a year where if style points matter, if strength of schedule matters, top to bottom, all these, all these variables that we don't really know what the weight they carry play into it. I think if there is a year that they can get hosed, this is the year because I think there are better football teams out there. That's the only, that's my only thing. And like I said, it just bodes a thousand times more into the argument of what I was saying is that we need to expand this freaking thing because it's what it, it, it eliminates these arguments and we get to see it on the field. I, I, I totally agree with you guys wholeheartedly in style points, better teams, all, all that kind of stuff. And what the, what we think the rubric is for picking the top four. Yep. That being said, you go out on the field every week and you get one of two things. You get a W or you get an L. And that is still the most important thing across the board. If, if this was years past and Oklahoma's a one-loss team, obviously they don't sniff the playoff. We're not talking about them. They're outside the top 10, right? This year, they are lucky because of strength of schedule and because of the lack of style points and having a Heisman Trophy winner that they could still get in only because of the goose egg in the L column. That's right, the Trevor, only reason. And, and that, real quick. To that point, though, people in Cincinnati are saying the same thing. Not power five. It doesn't matter, though. It doesn't matter because what the committee showed us by putting Oregon ahead of Oklahoma is your goose egg means nothing. Correct. Oregon has a one loss to Stanford. A one loss. Stanford. And they still jumped him. Now, that could be because of the heads up at Columbus. They beat Ohio State. but And, and Oklahoma's back-heavy schedule that they're about to go play some juggernauts. And how heavy I, is that back-heavy schedule, though? Correct. It's not It's not as heavy as a back-heavy right. Big Ten schedule. It's a good, it's good football, but it's not. There's no – But, it, but again, to, to, to Trevor's point, though, I don't think that – because I think now we're but talking about – But they're not playing about, Notre Dame. I think what now what we're talking about is is does Oklahoma or can Oklahoma jump uh, Oregon or is the committee going to say hey you know Alabama you lost A and M you lost in the in the conference championship you're out. So are we, <laughs> but, are we all but, saying here that Oklahoma has even undefeated if they go and beat Iowa Baylor Iowa State Oklahoma State that there's 0% chance that they get in, or it's dependent on the Big Ten It's champion. dependent. I don't think it it's is. a lock. I think if Oklahoma goes undefeated, you're, they you're make still making a case. You're not a lock. That's what they have to do, though. If they lose a game, they're done. Oh, it's Out. not even close. Agreed yeah. there. Completely yeah. agree there. They, they control their own destiny, but the like it goes back to the initial argument is they control their own destiny, but they don't have enough weight. They don't have enough ass in the back end of the schedule to strengthen their argument. The only way they strengthen their argument is by winning out. These other teams have opportunities to strengthen their argument, even though they may have a blemish in that wins and loss column, like what you were talking about, in my opinion. Well, we'll see. Honest, they, the Kansas should be seen as a loss already. None of these programs, Cincinnati included, would be messing around with Kansas, scrapping around on the floor of a bar, trying to get air with Kansas in the fourth quarter. None of these programs would. None of them. Hey, let's jump to the top five now. So Trevor can make his case with who Oklahoma has to run down. There they are, the White Walkers, the Roman Army, 
Obviously, there's going to be a new number three with, with Michigan State tripping up today. Oregon Ducks seem to just kind of be taking care of business, and Ohio State has two top 10 teams looking at them on the back stretch. Who wants to start? Basically, I'm just going to throw this out there. With Michigan State dropping, does Oregon and Ohio State just basically just scoot up if you're the committee? And then who's five? Yeah, I, th- I think as of right now, they do, right? Um, yeah, I, honestly, I have five as Michigan. I think I think Michigan gets up there. Um, I think they do jump Cincinnati uh, based on everything that we've been talking about. Um, even on college game day, the committee naturally, I think, has already kind of shown that they are just wanting Cincinnati to trip up at some point where they don't have to deal with this anymore. Um, but I, I think, you know, again, Michigan going on the road, at Michigan State and losing by four um, is has has better style points than than again beating since or I guess Cincinnati being Tulsa by eight. Um, so I actually have Michigan at number five. Hack, when could Ohio State jump Oregon? Because at this point, if they both went out, they'll have identical records, and Oregon has the tie break. When and how could Ohio State jump Oregon? Uh, I really, like I've said, I don't think that's necessarily the argument. I mean, I think Ohio State, again, has more statement game ability in terms of strength of schedule here at the back half than than Oregon does. Mm -hmm. Um, And ultimately, I think Oregon still needs to handle business. So we'll see because we know how unpredictable the Pac-12 can be. I mean. Someone Oregon still has Oregon still has to go to Utah, and Utah's kind yeah. of proven to be a, a, a rolling. They're they're rolling right now. A buzz. Yes. Yeah. So it's, Washington it's, State, Utah, Oregon State, and it's the interesting, championship. It's interesting. So you know we'll see. Um, and I I I don't think they're going to give Michigan that credit yet, Bryce. I, th- I think if Michigan goes and beats Penn State this week fairly well, I think now the argument for Michigan starts becoming one of those things because it's at Penn State. Penn State's defense is still very, very stout. So it's an opportunity for them to have that signature stamp on a win that they really haven't had this year. Um, Michigan State game being their first opportunity, and they came they came up a little short. They blew a pretty decent lead in that game too. So we'll see what happens. But I, I like I said, I think I think Ohio State has everything ahead of them. I think they have a great track record with that. And you know, we'll, I don't think it necessarily matters whether they're three or four, as long as they're in. I think they can they can make they can make a run at it just because of the talent they have. Trevor, if if. If we move up, uh, everybody four and five move up to, to three and four. Michigan and Ohio State will settle that out. The next two programs coming up, according to the college football rankings right now, is Cincinnati and your Sooners. How will they wage that out if they both finish with goose eggs? I, you guys just listen to me blab on for 30 minutes about why I think Oklahoma would be in with an undefeated uh, record. And I still, I I still believe that I think, and again, this is all speculation that the committee, like we're sitting here talking about what it could look like at the end. 
I think the committee is looking at this as who are the best teams this week alone, right? What's your strength of schedule this week alone? As Ohio State goes through the gauntlet, they make it through. Their quality wins are going to surpass Oregon barely getting by Washington and whoever else they have on their schedule, so they will jump them. I think it's the same for an Oklahoma team, right? Oregon looks great right now because, yes, they have the bad, bad loss to Stanford, but they beat one of the best teams in college football in Ohio State. So it's like, okay, we've seen them go to toe, toe toe-to-toe in recent history, but that's just going to get diluted as we finish out this season, right? I I truly think – it scared me when they put Oregon in, right? Because they have to demote them out of the top four when they're going to win out at Mm. this point. But if you're going week by week at that last week going into the the actual playoff selection, is Oregon one of the top four best teams? I don't think so. I think they get pulled out, which is a shot to the groin, but it's, I think it's going to happen. So fellas, there's like the wedding crasher drama of Cincinnati and Oklahoma at Michigan battling to come in. There's also internal drama. If the Roman army, and I've made a half a case for them, two losses. And if you, if you took them and put them up against any other program in the country in a neutral site, a college football fan, probably a committee member would say, yes, Alabama's coming out of that. Two loss Alabama to two quality programs, one of them being the White Walkers. I think that's also going to be the drama. We're going to keep tracking that as we go forward. We hope you guys join us next week. Big heavyweight matchups in the SEC and the Big Ten East, along with everything else that's going to play out with the Sooners and Bearcats. We'll be here with you. On behalf of Bryce Petty, Trevor Knight, Christian Hackenberg, I'm George Whitfield. See you next week, Field of 12, College Football After Dark.